You are now listening to The Model Mindset. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 45, and we are talking leadership. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Leadership. So when I think of excellent leadership, Mm -hmm. I think of someone that you're willing to do a lot for. You know, typically they are personable. Mm -hmm. They're empathetic. Yeah. They will go above and beyond for you. They will also go to bat for you. However, if you think about bad leadership, Mm -hmm. that can trickle into your personal life. You could be miserable going to work. Yeah. And what I find incredibly fascinating about leadership is, say, for example, corporate America, you go one department, they're loving their job, right? You go to another department, they're absolutely hating their job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it can it's all because of leadership. Yeah, you're leadership right. Leadership is huge. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's funny is we've been noticing it more lately, I think, because we're now transitioning into our own professions, right? Like right. us being the leaders, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we're noticing it more. And we had we right now we have to be leaders amongst each other. 100%. And we're noticing it now in our professional lives, in our nine to fives, what we do and don't like about leadership, right? Yeah, totally. Like what, what exemplifies a good leader and a bad leader? And we've been talking about it unknowingly, you know, seeing the ramifications that it could have on us, right? Right. And now we're talking about it today. That total coincidence that we that we have this topic today too. Yeah. Um, it's just been a hot topic for us in our lives lately. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So leadership is going to be something that's extremely valued for us moving forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we know who we have to be and what we have to represent to not only our clients, but the people who will eventually be working with us too. Right. So when you think and hear the word leadership, like what's the first thing you think about? I would say willing to take risks, willing to, that's an interesting approach. Okay. Yeah. Willing to, to protect, their employees mm-hmm. willing to like, cause then if you even think about leadership as far as like captains, you know, they typically set the tone. Yeah. You know, they're willing to, you know, you always say extra hours and stuff, but they also instill the trust of their employees, but also like their, their teammates and stuff. Like they can get trust quickly, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, like when I hear it or talk about it, it's like that that saying that goes, you know, you never ask someone to do something you'd never do yourself. 100%. Right? Like that's <clears throat> that's leadership. That's how you gain respect in a role of leadership. Yeah. And a lot of times that just happens over time by constantly doing that. Yeah. Right? So like people will eventually draw themselves to you in that leadership role if you have that approach, right? And you yeah. mentioned respect and all that and empathy and all these different things we're going to talk about today. But you know, when when we hear leadership, though, we have to understand that it's not something that's given, even if it's in a role, if you will, yeah. it's something that's earned. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, for you, you can personally, spot good leaders too. Right. Yeah. And right. So that that's yeah. perfect leading right there. So yeah. for you personally, yeah, like identify some leaders in your life, like whether it's someone you know or don't. Yeah. Right, professionally or personally, but like identify some leaders. Like, who do you who do you view as a leader in your in your life? So I say right now. I mean, clearly, I think you probably echo the same sentiment. Val and I have to lead at points 
in our lives. Yeah, for sure. You know, yep. I think there are times that she has to take the lead in certain roles and make decisions, and yeah. then I do as well. Right. Um, but also, like, personally, I mean, you and Josh have had a great effect on my life yeah. as well, where, you know, I'm not concerned about others, mm-hmm. and it's more like, hey, you know, I got something weighing on me. I'll go to you and Josh. You yeah. guys give me some great advice and stuff. So, like, you guys have been um, an amazing influence, and I feel like you guys are leaders as well. Yeah. Um, but then I look to, like, the mentors, you know, that we follow, like Ed Milet. Yeah. You know, I look at Jim sure. Quick, Lewis Howes, Mel Robbins. Yeah. You know, the way that they are so open about their struggles, mm-hmm. about what they do to get the most out of themselves and how they treat others and mm-hmm. then how they they put service to others at the very forefront as well, you know, and how they treat their family. Like all of that is what we're chasing. Yeah. And so I can both take a look at that from a personal side, but mm-hmm. also a professional side, because I feel like they do intertwine. They absolutely do. Yeah. They absolutely do. And the people you mentioned, as far as like the ones we don't know, right? Right. You know, much like yourself, Val, and you know, Danny and I had the same thing. Someone's got to lead sometimes, right? Oftentimes it's both of us, but someone takes the lead eventually right. on certain issues, right? Um, but for our mentors that we have in our professional lives, the the thing I love about everyone you named, and and to name a few more, you know, you got Rachel Hollis, right? Yeah. She's a big Your one. Girl. You know, that's that's one of my and the reason I like her so much, and it goes hand in hand with with the other ones, is they're very open about their flaws right you know what i mean so yep. like they, they don't represent themselves as a perfect person right and that again like draws you to them as a leader because you're like okay i don't have to be perfect either yeah you know what i mean so it's very interesting how the imperfections is what often makes a great leader 100 percent. you know what i mean because there's an authenticity that comes with that yeah exactly right yeah. it's real like right. you, you know you you can't sell me bullshit. We know the prices type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's a very big component in that. Like, just be authentic. Just be right. real. We talked about that with the Spartan Soccer Academy. Yeah. When we were identifying the similarities between a captain of a team and superheroes. Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about was you got to be yourself. 100%. No matter what team you're leading, right? Yeah. As a captain, mm-hmm. no matter what superhero you identify with. Those two people, those two things, they're authentic. They're yeah. true to themselves, right? Yeah. And that's absolutely crucial in leadership. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. And then how, how would you say that you would identify leaders in your life? What we just talked about, for sure. They got to be authentic. They got to be real, right? Um, but I also feel like I have to see them trusting people. You know what I mean? Like I have to, I have to identify them. And oftentimes you want it in yourself, right? You want that person to trust you, right? Mm-hmm. But even if you just see that they just, they're not trying to run everything. They're not a micromanager. They're not all these different things where they kind of, they're giving and trusting with, you know, whether it's tasks, whether it's emotions, right? Like yeah. they're, they're giving and trusting in that sense. If you feel like you, they have people who are withholding, it's you know it's hard yeah. to really gauge them as a leader at that point. Would you agree with that? I do, I do. But I'm gonna throw a little curveball at you. Okay? All right, all right. <clears throat> if you had a leader that was not taking care of themselves physically, mm-hmm. would 
would that kind of hit a little bit of the trust in them in your eye? Would that like knock Impact. them down a peg yes. essentially yeah. if I see them not taking care of themselves physically? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we hear a lot of the people that we listen to say if they can identify someone who takes care of their physical bodies, you automatically earn a little bit of respect because you have it shows you have a discipline, it shows you have so on and so forth, like those those right. characteristics. Yeah. I don't solely put it on that if I see someone. I don't I don't know what's going on behind the curtain. I'm never gonna make that judgment. Right. Um but I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you and say it wouldn't help yeah. the process, right? Because I, I, I do see it in that sense of like, all right, like there's discipline there. Like yeah. there's there's a routine there, there's a there's a mental toughness there to go with a physical toughness, right? Like because it, it takes work to do those things. And not to mention too, when you are not taking care of your physical body, you're not exercising, you're lethargic, your emotions can be up and down. I'm just going to say that. Your you're not energy, taking care of your physical, you're not taking yeah, care of your mental. Yeah. Your energy is sporadic. Yeah. You know, your stress levels, same thing. I mean, it could maybe be not a chaotic situation. Yeah. But... Yep they're stressed out and then they're taking it out on maybe so like that's where my perspective has changed i'm not saying that if you're not taking care of your body you can't be a leader right it's just that what i have noticed is that when you're not taking care of your body and you are in a leadership role mm -hmm. you do kind of see those ebbs and flows yeah where they may be a little inconsistent and not for kinda, sure you you kind of wonder okay if they were taking better care of themselves would they be more even keeled? Mm -hmm. Would they have more energy? You know that that does go through my mind. I can see that. Yeah. I can and I actually I can not only see that I can agree with that. Yeah, because that's what we preach. Right. We preach, you know, fitness is medicine for your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so movement is medicine. It is right. Yeah. And and when you say that, and I think back to it, and in, in in a professional setting, if you will, right, the best leaders that I've had. And I have one that comes to mind. We would have those conversations about health. We would have those conversations about, you know, what he was doing to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. He would ask questions about, you know, what I was doing to maintain a healthy lifestyle. He would try to get the people he was with and working with interested in that lifestyle or at least enough to say there's benefits in this and I'm going to make it worth your while to be interested in it. Right. So yeah. he, he, he would put a little emphasis behind it. And I appreciated that because... Yeah. It's not being preachy. It's showing that you care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that empathetic nature yeah. is a great characteristic in leadership. Yeah. But it, it always goes back to fitness with us. It's just what, who we are. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, it's absolutely a great characteristic to have if you're going to be a leader, right? Yeah. It's it's first first sight, right? Yeah. How do you look? Yeah. Well, that, that's your first judgment. Don't yeah. judge a book by its cover. Well, everyone does generally. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember so, too um, when I managed a team of sixteen with my buddy Bill. We were all face to face, right? Yeah. And so they knew I took very good care of myself. They knew that, like, I brought him my lunch every single day. They knew I worked out. Yeah. So like, sometimes we do push up contests, which is really, <laughs> which is really weird. But what I noticed is I saw at the beginning when people were working for us, they were always getting you know, the fast food stuff, mm. you know, then slowly but surely some of the people started making healthier decisions. Mm -hmm. 
this one guy, Ricardo, would always kind of tell me about his his workout, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so it was funny to kind of just see that that's a kind of like leader that can can really impact people without necessarily saying, hey, you know, you got to work out, you got to work out. Yeah. But you could also just see that, hey, this person takes care of themselves. Yes. This person brings in consistent energy that is positive person that, hey, I got to start taking better care of myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. And, and we've noticed that a lot in our conversations with people, right? Yeah. Like when they start asking us about our routines or our habits or our fitness levels and things like that, they want more and they get excited yeah. about it, right? And that that could get them to want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it, you're, you, you're making a lot of good points. Yeah. Here. You are making a lot of good points because that's it's something that maybe often is discarded as maybe not something that's important in a leadership yeah. role. Yeah. But the more you talk about it, the more you realize maybe it really is. Yeah. You know, maybe it's really a big component of it, you know? I, yeah. I remember this one lady in particular. She um, was not really taking care of herself. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day she came in. She's like, I joined LA Fitness. And I get, and I said, that a girl? Yeah, right. Good job. Good yeah. job. I ended up seeing her at the gym like mm. two days later. And she was just walking on the treadmill. And so every time she went to the gym, she would come over to my desk and she'd be like, went to the gym. Yeah. And so like, it was just that. It's a connection. It's, yeah. it's a lot of different things that go with that. And every time she told me, I wouldn't just be like, oh, cool. I would like get up, give her a high five, and be like, "That girl, exactly, keep right. going." Yeah. So I think she loved that encouragement. Yes, you know? absolutely. That was that was a form of instant gratification for yeah. her. You know what I mean? That was a form of someone's proud of me. You know what I mean? Recognition, yeah. but also like self congratulatory stuff, which is okay. Like that yeah. stuff's okay for the record. You know what yeah. I mean? Like be proud of yourself. You should be. You yeah. know. Um, so that that's that's cool, man. Good yeah. for you. You should yeah. be doing stuff like that. Yeah. So what what are some other characteristics then we think leaders should have should have good leaders should yeah. have right not just leaders yeah because you can lead and not be good at it this is unfortunate but it is true right so when true. we're talking about good leaders like yeah. what are some characteristics you think some good leaders some should have here well I know you got some good ones but I'll go I, through. I do yeah yeah we'll I'll, we'll go through yours I'll first go through here. so ones that just come to my mind when I think of not just a good leader, but an excellent leader. Yeah. I think of selflessness. Mm -hmm, for sure. Right. So when you think about selflessness, it's they're more concerned with the needs and wishes of others than their own. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's they're creating that human connection and building trust, which can take time. But you can see that excellent leaders, and again, I want to say excellent leaders, not just good. Right. Excellent leaders put in that time to get to know you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, Every interaction you have with them is warm. It's welcoming. Yes. You know, um, they trust you. They may not have all the answers and they come to you. I remember, dude, and I keep saying this because my buddy, and I said this to my buddy Bill today. I said, dude, we were fantastic leaders. And people would ask me questions. Mm. And I had no idea. And I wasn't going to bullshit it. Yeah. I would say, hey, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. But let me find some resources and I'll get back to you. Right. You know, right. or if I didn't, I would maybe give them a resource to go ask or something. Right. So it's not just I would say, hey, I have no idea, mm -hmm. but I was honest with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of leaders have to lean on their employees, you know, and it's we have this mentality that they work for us. Yeah. But in all actuality, 
you work for them. You work for them. Right. Exactly. Right. Because then when, if you approach it that way and you put time and emphasis on building that trust, that relationship, they're going to do more for you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's kind of like what we talked about before. Don't ask someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. It's the same exact concept. Yeah. And you're not so much, you are though, like you are working for them, right? Because like you're working hard to make sure they're happy. 100%. 100%. And that's, you know, so when you say working for them, that's what you mean. Yeah. And that's what's most important to people who are looking for a leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Empathy, which I touched on before. Yeah. You know, when people can come to you about something that's going on maybe in their personal life that's affecting their work, mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah. But also, excellent leaders can recognize that. Yeah. You know? And let's be real. I mean, some of us are at work for eight, nine, 10, 12 hours, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you, you know, if, if something outside is really affecting you and affecting your work, excellent leaders need to, need to recognize that, but they need, to, they need to show a degree of empathy. I think sometimes leaders get so caught up in, are they getting their work done? Are they getting their work done? Right. Are they hitting their revenue goals? Are, are they growing? Right. Rather than, is this person happy? Yep. Am I giving them projects to their strengths? Right. right? So, so many leaders want to say, okay, these are your weaknesses. This is their opinion though, right? Yes. yes. Why don't you play to their strengths? Why don't you ask them, hey, you know, in your opinion, what are some of your areas of opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Have them point it out. Right. And then you can just say, okay, well, what do you want to do to maybe work on those? Yeah. Put the ball in their court. Yes. Too many leaders say, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to work on. Right. This is what you're shitty at. Yep. And then it totally makes them feel devalued. Mm-hmm. They're not motivated to do more. And then you're questioning, okay, it, it, do I really want to be here anymore? Right. You exactly. Know? Right. And And to pair with that, I think it's important to understand that, you know, talking to Danny a lot, she has uh, someone that that she works with who she reports to, right? It, it's it's a newer relationship. Yep. But she's very very fond of it, and when she explains it to me and their conversations and interactions, she talks about how when she has a question or an issue, and that she'll bring up. To her superior, her superior will ask her the question back and say, well, how do you think you should handle that? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And for some people, that may seem like they're questioning you, but in reality, it's not they're questioning what your answer may be. They want you to develop the confidence to make those decisions, right? Which is an excellent leadership tactic, in my opinion. Yeah. That's that's tremendous. You know what I mean? Like, because if if you give an answer, for example, and maybe it's not the way that that leader or superior would handle it, they could say, that's one thought of way to handle it. Yeah. This is what I would do. You know what I mean? And, and then go from there. Yeah. But you're not shitting on someone and saying, you know, I can't believe you're asking me this. This yeah. is what I would do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, don't do that. Right. You know, exactly. Just, right. Because then, 
you know, with Danny, I'm sure she's gaining more confidence to 100% make those decisions on her own. Absolutely. You know, and if she made that decision and then maybe her spirit didn't agree with it, she could at least say, hey, this is why I made the decision. Exactly. You know, know? and then this, you know, then her boss would respect her decision. Right, right. And and a lot of times that happens for me at work where, uh, you know, when we're talking to to people and expecting them, uh, you know, to make some harder decisions sometimes. And then they're not allowed to because they're they're afraid to make the wrong decision. Yeah. And I'm like, man, we got to let these people make these decisions and then coach them afterward. The world's not going to stop because they made a bad decision on something, right? If their intentions are good on the decision that they made, then it's not the wrong decision. Right. Maybe it's not the decision you wouldn't have made, though. But you have to let them make those decisions and maybe make those mistakes, if you will. 100%. Because they're going to learn from that. They're going to learn from it. All yeah. right. And the world's not going to stop because they made the wrong choice. Yeah. Coach them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talk to them. They'll feel good about the conversation afterwards. They're going to believe that you trust them because you're going to say you're going to do it right the next time. Or, yeah. You know, and they're, they know there's a next time. And, and, you know, what you're touching on, too, is there is an element of openness. Yeah. Right? So they'll feel more comfortable going to you. Yeah. You know, and talking openly about it. Yep. Without fear of judgment. And that, you know what? Judgment's a good a good word. We're afraid of that generally in society. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Never mind about leadership or, or non-leadership issues. As a, as a, as a people... We're, we're terrified of being judged. Oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's got to be exemplified and like magnified, I should say, more in a leadership role, right? Mm. If you're a leader who's maybe apprehensive or you're someone who's being led, that can go both ways. You don't, you don't want to be judged the wrong way, right? right? Yeah. Like that, that could be a big component too of leadership and also what you look for in a leader. Yeah. You know, the saying that I've always kind of carried with myself and it's funny because i've always carried this like i've always used it for interviews if you will yeah but it's always calmed my nerves in any situation even in our speaking engagements yeah i always say when in doubt be you Mm -hmm. because i know i'm a good person i know i can bring positive energy and if i can just be myself yeah then there's no issues with that because i'm comfortable when i'm myself you have good intentions. Yeah, exactly. If your intentions are good, yeah, everything else will fall into place. Everything. That was that was powerful. I like that. So, what, what else do you got? Here? I got so the I'm gonna say this this one and then just one out. I I just thought of okay. so grace under fire. So what I mean by that is, no one likes a boss who induces fear and anxiety in their employees. Yeah, we all we all can echo that. One hundred percent. Because then you don't have you're never established trust uh, mm-hmm. in in your boss, right? Yep. So you need to work on managing your own stress and be the leader you wish you had. My thing is calmness under duress. Mm-hmm. No matter the situation, you got to be calm. Right. Right. Yep. But the last thing that I would say is they have to create a happy environment, mm-hmm. like a comfortable and welcoming environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a real quick example and story. So one, when my buddy and I, Bill, were managing the team... Every morning at 8.30 in the morning, we would do trivia time. And we would ask about like five trivia questions to the team. Anybody that got a right answer, I'd throw them a piece of candy. I had a, a bucket of candy, mm-hmm. right? 
it was something fun. But what I was doing is I was creating, or what we were doing is creating a welcoming environment. Mm -hmm. Because what that did is people that didn't know each other, they all knew it started at 8.30. They started to talk to each other. They started to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. They started to ask personal questions to each other, really open up. Mm -hmm. This a couple people that were very, you knew they were introverts, started opening up, sharing stuff about themselves. Mm -hmm. The environment that we created, everybody looked forward going to work because they had fun. Yeah. To me personally, I think that work hard, play hard is bullshit because what that says to me is that's stressful working there mm-hmm. and you are going to drink yourself on the weekends. Like you're just getting shit-faced on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Right? To me, it should be work smart and play all day. Yeah. Like create that environment that you... And with an excellent leader, you can do that. Yeah. You may be getting stuff from like your director or mm-hmm. big boss, but at the end of the day, you still create that environment. Like you still create that environment. And you For can sure. create whatever environment you want. Yeah, you absolutely you know? can. Yeah. And that's again, that that comes in time, right? right? Because sometimes maybe if, if you try to overdo that and overcreate that environment, it may come off as People phony can or see fake. Through that, right? yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. you're trying too hard here, man, you know? So it's like that's something that you develop. I think with making connections with people, yeah, right, like just be a human being, yeah, and then then slowly understand what those people are looking for and what they want in an environment, right, and apply it, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's it. That's interesting. You know, yeah. the work hard, play hard thing is it's a good concept. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the intentions when people say it are good, right, right. right. But when you break it down that way, and like you know, you're working too hard, and then you're masking yourself when you play hard, yeah, right, yeah, that you're masking your issues or trying to help, you know soothe those issues yeah that's yeah. kind of a lot of times what it is work hard play hard it says to me like you're working long hours you're overworking yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly you're getting burnt out yeah it's true know? yeah it's true all right man i know you got some great ones so let's hear about yeah so it was interesting because you know when we when we decided on leadership and we wanted to kind of always have our own conversations but also give a little bit of facts and maybe some other perspectives and or other things that other places have so there's a place out in tampa florida the nonprofit leadership center and they kind of developed this little acronym for leaders. And when I saw it, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it's something we could throw out there today. Yeah. Uh, because it, it did definitely resonate when I saw a lot of times, uh, a lot of the things I should say that they put down. So for L, they put listening. Um, emotionally intelligent leaders place a higher value on listening than they do talking. I 1000% agree with that. I, I would agree as well. The E is for equipping. Emotionally intelligent leaders equip their employees with the tools and resources necessary to fulfill their positions requirements effectively. So that kind of goes back to our trust conversation a little bit, right? Give people the ammunition to make decisions, to make, you know, um, adjustments in their positions and trust them to do so, right? If they make the wrong one or they make one you wouldn't do, then coach them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also too, like you want to make sure that you are giving them the path to success, even even and you could equate that either on a basketball court or yep. um, a soccer field, yeah, right? If yeah. you're a coach and you're not coaching the team, and then you're putting weaker people in positions that they shouldn't be in, yeah, 
you're really not setting them up for success. You're not giving them the tools they need right. to be successful. Right. Or it's like you're at work and you're in your and your boss or superior saying, Hey, look, there's these great courses I think you would be great at. You know, yeah. here you know, you're gonna be doing some more of this with in, in a group setting. Here's some public speaking courses you can take, right? Like just giving yeah. people tools. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Appreciation. Love it. Uh, we check out our, our pod on appreciation That's back in the, uh, the early days. This is a good episode there on appreciation. But uh, emotionally intelligent leaders appreciate the people they work with and invest time, effort, and money to show their gratitude. You know, we it's funny. We, we were doing a lot of this uh, at my job here. You're trying to find a way to appreciate your teammates. And like a default is like a pizza party. And it's like how much appreciation is that? when the thought really isn't behind it. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of... It's just lunch. It's just, it's like appreciation 101 if there yeah. was, something like that, right? Yeah. So again, connect with your people. Yeah. Find their interests, find their desires, and then appreciate them in a way that they feel is appropriate. Yeah. And that they would desire. Yeah. That maybe they haven't had, right? Yeah. It's, it's finding those, those different avenues to show appreciation. Yeah, I like that. Developing. Emotionally intelligent leaders know their employees are the most important asset. They consistently create development opportunities to help their people grow and advance. I like the I like how it ends with advance. Yeah. Because you're not putting a stranglehold on them because if they're a good employee, you don't want to lose them. Right. You're letting them grow. You're letting them advance. You're letting them develop. And that's important. Yeah. As a person or an employee. And you do have those employees that may be close to retirement. Yep. Where... They don't want to grow in advance, but they may be good at, they may have a lot of knowledge on something to where it's like, okay, I know what they're good at. Mm -hmm. I know what they're strong at. Right. Kind of keep giving them their area expertise. Yeah, right? right. But then if you have a younger employee, yeah, you can give them things that are going to make them grow. Right. Expose them to tough projects, mm -hmm. to leadership. You know, that would be helpful. Absolutely. 100% would be. Yeah. The, uh, the next one here is enlisting. Emotionally intelligent leaders enlist support from others because they know that their employees and team members are critical to implementing change effectively and efficiently. It's, it's, it's that sense of not being a know-it-all, yeah. for a lack of a better term, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have all the answers. You trust your people or pe the people around you to help you find answers. Yeah. It shows maybe a side of vulnerability, if you will, in yeah. a way, right? Would you agree with that, maybe? I would agree with that. I think also, too, what you're showing is that you're, you want, you're, you're, your way might, may not be the best way, right? Yes, yes. And if you get, you know, your employees to speak up and say, hey, I'm thinking this, but really want you guys' support or mm -hmm. thoughts and feedback, right? They could give you really good ideas. Yeah. And then you're actually, First of all, you're making it very inclusive. Yeah. And then they feel heard. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be seen. It's true. So when you actually ask and then follow through, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that's spot on. Spot on. So we're on to the R. R is relationships. Emotionally intelligent leaders understand that their success or failure rests on the quality of their relationship relationships with others. They invest heavily in building and deepening those professional relationships. So this is specific to employees, right? Like yeah. we're talking, this is in a sense of, of an employer-employee. 
that applies to anything, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, without a doubt. 1,000% applies to anyone's personal or professional lives. I think relationship 101 is when you have an introductory kind of conversation with someone, mm-hmm. you ask them a personal uh, you know, question, just whether it be about their family, what they like to do for hobbies mm-hmm. or something. You remember that, and the next conversation, you ask them how that was. 100%. Right, and right. and if and you remember their name, remember their name. You're like, and it, that 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 can bleed into all these other things that they have in their acronym with appreciation, right, and developing, equipping. That builds every single one of those things yeah. when you do that. So, which pro- one would you say that you excel at out of all of those? Out of all of these, yeah. Oof. Or maybe would you say that you? put a higher emphasis on either that you you yourself like mm-hmm. to or you enjoy from a leader um listening probably the first one yeah i I, I, I find myself to be someone because naturally like when we're not doing this stuff man i'm not a huge talker mm-hmm. i'm really not so like whether i'm trying to learn something about a subject or learn something about someone i'd rather would just observe and listen okay and if i have questions i'll ask them but I'm 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 very much an observer in that sense. So tell me tell me about yourself or or tell me about the situation, tell me about these things, let me gather the information. And then in my mind, I'm I'm processing how to apply it at that point. Yeah. Right. So I'm a big listener in that sense. Yeah. I think that's very important. I think it shows too that again, um, you know, you, you care about what people are saying. Yeah. They tr- then they f- will further trust you to tell you more. Yeah. You know? What about you? I actually would go with appreciation. Yeah? Me personally, I thoroughly enjoy when someone actually appreciates like the work that I do yeah. or whether it's being a good teammate. And I always put an emphasis on showing appreciation for whether it be coworkers, uh, leaders, management, teammates. I've mm-hmm. always done that as well. Yeah. Because when you can show your appreciation for someone man, they always have your back. Yeah. Because you, they know that you will recognize them and it's not like a show or anything mm-hmm. that you genuinely appreciate what they do for you. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. We seem to be on the same wavelength of like having a very strong human side yeah. to the leadership role, right? Yeah. Not so robotic, more of a human side, right? Yeah. But some people, I think, maybe feel like you have to have that more impartial, more robotic leadership style to kind of garner the results you're looking for. You can't get too in the weeds with everything because then everything becomes cloudy and a little bit convoluted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Can you see that perspective or do, are you just so firm on like, no, you got to have connections with people. You got to understand people to be a good leader because that's kind of where I land. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Right. Because it's it's... And you know you don't want to talk about work every single conversation, right? Or go straight to work. It's all about results because then it's almost like you develop. I don't want to say anxiety, right? But it's like, man, you just want to enjoy with the coming to work, and you want to enjoy what you're doing. And if you have someone that's like a tight ass, I'm sorry that it's <laughs> it's, it's it makes it really difficult, and, you know. And, and if we're not even talking about work. And we're just talking about general leaders in, in life. Yeah. Right? Like, for me, like, 
say our mentors, right? Forget our professional lives. Say our mentors we have in our personal lives. We find them to be as appealing as they are to us because even though they have no idea who we are, Mm. we feel like they're talking to us, right? Yeah. And that's because they care in the things they're saying and you can feel that. You know if you were to talk to someone like these people we listen to, they're genuinely going to ask how you are, how your day is, what do you do for a living, what are your goals, what are your aspirations. You can see that conversation happening. Right. You know, you believe it. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, because they they are so incredibly personable. Yeah. And that's important. It's You know what I mean? That huge. That's a real ass thing. And that attracts great talent, by the way. 100% does. Right. It 100% does, you know? Uh, so... It's funny, we talked about excellent leadership, right? What about, what are some examples of poor leadership? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to grab a little sippy sip here, Greg. Okay. You you started off here. Oh, man. So first and foremost, I would say no empathy. You know, Uh, I would also say, I've kind of said this before, but they're more concerned about numbers than the actual people themselves. Right. Right. You know, they care more about themselves mm. and making themselves look good rather than caring about the person that's actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when yeah. You, and the thing too, what I've noticed is that when you actually care about connections with the people that, you know, say you're leading, they will do more. They will do excellent work and they will voluntarily put in extra hours just because you care about them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's spot on accurate. 100% true. Agree on everything you just said. Another thing I think for, for poor leadership and we talked about it a little bit already, but man, I, I think it's, especially if you own something, right? And like, and when I say own something, I mean like you're the one in charge of it, right? If, if something goes wrong with it, it reflects negatively on you. This is kind of what I'm referring to in this sense, right? Still allowing people to make important decisions in that space. Right. Right? Because there's no better way to show someone you trust them than allowing them to make decisions. And even if it's something you wouldn't have done, supporting those decisions. Because they're making the effort and stride to do the right things, right? right? Yeah. If someone's there just jerking you around on it, then that's that's different, right? Yeah. But in a sense of like, if, if their efforts and intentions are good, then I think it's important that we have to identify that, appreciate that, again, yeah. what we talked about, and celebrate the fact that, you know what, you really made a very conservative effort to do the right thing and make the right decision. Nice job. Yeah. Nice job. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that just gonna, that's going to lift everybody up. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to identify that and no one's going to be afraid to walk on eggshells to make decisions anymore. Yeah. I mean, another thing too is no one likes micromanagers. No. But then if you if you think about you know, we constantly use sports analogies and yep. stuff, but like for me, I never wanted to be on teams where people were putting me down. Right putting my teammates down right you know that's why i always made a conscious effort to always uplift my teammates Mm -hmm. but there were teams that i was on that there would be some individuals that i would butt heads with because they would 
either try to put teammates down yep. and I would have, you know, have interactions with them where I'm like, you need to stop doing right. that. Right. But that goes for leaders too as well. Yeah. You know, if you are upset about how a situation might have been handled, mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, gather your emotions. Yes. And then again, ask open-ended questions mm -hmm. just to understand what their thought process right maybe they're having a bad day yeah and they just handled it emotionally yeah you know everyone's entitled to a bad day of course you right. know and, the, and you you're not going to know that unless you know the person yeah right mm -hmm. but you know and like you said like you know we're, we're big sports people yeah you know what i mean and, and leadership's talked a lot about in like football right for example right like mm -hmm. good leaders in football Look at look at certain quarterbacks, right? You can identify a good leader, and like, you you have someone like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, yeah, or you have someone like Zach Wilson, you know what I mean? Or a Kyler Murray or a Kyler Murray, yeah. right? In basketball, you got John Morant. Yeah. Like these these guys aren't doing the right way to lead a locker room, right? But they, they should be. You yeah. know what I mean? So no trust, and it, it shows. Yeah, right. It, it affects the team. Yeah. So there's. It's it's the it's a ripple effect with bad leadership, mm -hmm. as much as it is with good leadership. Yeah, but even more so with bad leadership, I because agree. I feel like you know, it, in bad leadership, it, it's something that you're not only losing trust, you're not only losing you know effort, time, energy, you're actively losing people around you, yeah. right? And that's that's something that can't be replaced at a certain point. Yeah. You can't replace that stuff. It's crazy too how, you know, a great leader, excellent leader can, you know, make such a fantastic culture and then have another leader come in and just tear it right down. Yeah. You know. That's true it's too. Crazy. It's true too. Like, it happens quick. Yeah. Culture is talked about a lot. Yeah. It's a real thing. Culture is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes a long time to build a culture. And like you said, it takes... Yeah. No time for that yeah. culture to fall like dominoes, though. Yeah, it's true. It, it, which is such an interesting concept. Yeah. Because, like, you'd think it would take a while to come back down. Like, oh, no, like, you, the morale is high. But, like, nah, that, that will come down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. After a long, hard journey to get that culture right. Do you think bad leaders can change their ways? I do. I think anybody can change their ways on anything. Yeah. For the most part, you know, there's some exceptions, obviously, but, um, but with that comes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-reflection. That's a very good point. Is the person willing to do that? Are they willing to self-reflect in a negative light sometimes and take constructive criticism or just flat out criticism? Yeah. You know, can, that's the question. Can they change? Sure. But can they do that? That's a person-by-person -person basis. And can they recognize that? Exactly. Yeah. Right? You know, it's funny you say that because I think you nailed that right in the head. I had a previous manager that I love. He's a great guy. Mm. I still talk to him. Steve. I'll give you a shout-out, Steve. He actually he sends birthday cards <laughs> and Christmas cards. It's amazing, man. Yep. Uh, just salt-of-the-earth guy. Yep. And he was very open with me where he said... You know, when I was a manager in my younger days, he goes, I was not a very good manager. Mm. He goes, I, I ruled with power, and I was always just kind of concerned about numbers. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, I realized as I got older, that's not how you manage people. Right. Because I thought he was a fantastic manager. So I remember asking him, like, you know, where did you develop your, like, managerial style? Right. And that's where he opened up and said, you know, honestly, I was not a very good manager. Yeah. He goes, but I recognize that it's all about how you treat people. Hmm. And I got a lot more out of people the, the, when I started treating them how I wanted to be treated. Yeah. And he's still a fantastic leader. I still trust him a lot. Yeah. I go to him sometimes when maybe I'm struggling mm-hmm. with my current leadership. Okay. And he gives me some good insight, you know? So that stuff lasts. Yeah. Yeah, leadership lasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it obviously resonated with you quite a bit. Yeah. So what do you do if, what if you do if you have a bad leader, right? Like what are some things that you can do if you have a bad leader Man. and it's identified, right? That's tough, isn't it? It is tough. You know, so like the first thing I would think of in that sense would be become a leader yourself. Yeah. You know, like if you have a bad leader and you're identifying them as such and it's affecting people who are around you as well. Well, then guess what? Like, you can become a leader as well. Yeah. And then then hopefully raise that temperature in that room a little bit. And have hard, honest conversations sometimes, right? With mm-hmm. that existing leader about things that maybe aren't going so well. Yeah. You know? Respectfully, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But in a way that says, like... Because that, that shows leadership to me. Like, yeah. if you're trying to become a leader, that shows leadership. Having hard conversations like that. Absolutely. Shows so. that you're you're an adult because let's be real, some people don't want leadership roles because it tends to equal more responsibility, right? right? Yeah. But I do think you need to have a conversation where perhaps maybe expectations are mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps the leader doesn't communicate the expectations of their employees. Yeah. Perhaps maybe your expectations, you know, aren't being vocalized as well. Yeah. So a lot of times I think when you, and that's actually what I did with a recent leader, is I told them about openly how I was feeling yeah. and how they made me feel, um, which I thought was a um, a big thing to do. Hard? You know, to was just, that hard yeah. to do? Um, you know, I'm be honest with you, it wasn't. Because the reason why I had to have that conversation is because I, I'm an honest person. And I was bothered deeply by the yeah. interaction I had with her. Okay. And I said, if I'm being very honest with you, I was, I was, you made me feel very devalued mm. from a conversation that we had. Yeah. And I said, I want you to know that because I'm an honest person. Yeah. And so it just opened the door for her to kind of just talk about it. Yeah. You know, so we had a conversation about it. But I think that's what you need to kind of have. Yeah. And then if the leader's able to communicate their expectations of you, mm-hmm. and maybe you're not jiving with that, right? It, this is your opportunity to speak up, not just be like, "Yes, okay." Like you, you have a say. Yeah. Like exactly. you have a say. Yeah, man. Too many people are just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, okay." No, <laughs> no. If if you're if you have to say clock out at five o'clock to yeah. go because it's family time, which right. I do every single day. Yep. Yep. Then you say, Hey, you know what? I understand your expectations, but this is, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So then it opens up dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. 100% yeah. does. And it, it probably was easy for you to have that conversation because you were confident in what you were saying. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and that sometimes can be a struggle too, mm-hmm. you know, so keep that in the back of your minds. You know, we talk about self-confidence a lot. It, 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 it benefits you in a situation like that. So kudos to you for having the conversation, man. Thank you. So how do we become a better leader? Like, well, if, if we had to kind of put a bow on this thing, right? Like we talk about leaders and identifying them and, and looking for good ones versus bad ones. But like, if you want to become one, yeah. how do you become a better leader? Like what are, you know, we talked about a lot of the qualities, obviously. Yeah. But I think what's most important when you want to become a good leader is remembering that you're the author of your life. I love that. You know what I mean? And we yeah. talked, we, you, you had a great quote, some podcasts ago about you hold the pen. Yeah. Right. You're the author. You hold the pen. You write the next chapter. You decide what that chapter is. Right. Right. Yeah. You decide that as a leader as yeah. well. Like, if, if you want to be a leader, you have that control, then control what you write in that next chapter. Yeah. And that next chapter should be about making emotional connections with your people. Yeah. Professionally or personally, right? Trusting people, mm-hmm. being empathetic, being a little vulnerable, all these different things, being personable where people just believe you are who you are. Like you said, when all else fails, yeah. be yourself. And reflect on the leaders that you have worked for. Yep. That impacted your life. Or listen to. Yeah. Or read about, right? And think about what qualities did you really love about them Yeah, that you could read. And then at the other token, what leaders did you maybe have yeah. that you didn't like? Yep. Because at the end of the day, if you kind of, you want to be the leader that you want. Yeah. Right? Yep. So if you can do that, create that environment, create that culture. Yeah. Man, you are going to attract some top talent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Top people in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is fun, man. I like this one. Yeah, man. This this is good one. Yeah. It was a fun conversation, man. It was always fun when those kind of spring on you. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. This is is a lot of fun for us. Our Q&A last week had a lot of great feedback, uh, a lot of great interactions. We had a lot of fun doing that. We're definitely going to do that one again because that was cool. Oh, hell yeah. That was a lot of fun. We've had a lot of camps. Yes. Past few weeks, we've been redlining here for like three or four <laughs> weeks now. Yep. Uh, but we want more. We got more. We got some more speaking engagements lined up as well. Uh, some fun news on, on the front of where we're going to be doing this maybe a little bit in the yeah. future as well with some cool guests. So a lot going on for us, guys. We appreciate your uh, your love and support. There's a lot to choose from, and you guys uh, choose us every week, and that means a lot to us for real. So Thank you. Thank you guys very much. We will catch you guys on Monday, Model Mindset Monday. See you guys there.